And we can go down a long list of things that people become very anxious about. And it's those problems that people worry over them and become so fascinated with them, they don't realize that they are worshiping something else other than God. They're fascinating on them and not taking those things and giving them to God. And not casting their cares on Christ. And I hope that we will have the conviction even more so that whatever we face in this life, we're going to turn it over to Him. Whether sickness or trials and distresses that we face, that we will give them to Christ. And having more in their, in their bank account and what they're going to be doing from weekend to the next weekend, and what we're going to be doing for the rest of their life to entertain themselves, and then their struggles with anxiety and worry as well, and you put all that together, and you see what it, lo- what it looks like when someone is being choked out. So when Christ addresses anxieties, we're, we're addressing something that causes a lot of people to become apostate. And I've seen it, I, I've seen it throughout my life, and I've seen Christians who have struggled with it and say, you know, I've taken on a new job, and I'm doing this, or I'm focusing on, on this, and um, you know, things are, are too hectic for me to come on Wednesday night or to be here on Sunday night. I need that time for myself. Is right here in Luke chapter 12. And so this morning, I thought as we were looking over these scriptures, what would be a good thing for us to study and to look at are Christ's instructions in regards to being anxious and anxiety. There are a lot of things that can stem from that. A lot of things that many of us struggle with when it comes to anxiety. And I think we need to listen to Christ and listen to our Savior and what He has to tell us in regards to anxiety as He encourages us to have faith and to trust God. Do we think so much about our problems that we're essentially worshiping them? You ever thought about this? Sometimes the things that go on in our life, we become so infatuated about it. As time goes on, they begin to dwindle. And suddenly it turns out that on Sunday morning, they're there every other Sunday. Then they're there once a month, then they're there once every three months, and then they're just gone. As I was thinking about this, one of the things that came to my mind was Luke chapter 8. Here Jesus tells the parable of the sower, and there that the seed representing the gospel is cast along the road, and some of the seed falls on rocky soil, and then some falls among the thorns and the briars, and some among the good soil. I want to focus on the seed here that's thrown among the thorns, that cast among them. And the reason I want to do this is because the same Greek word that, is, that Jesus uses for anxieties and worrying is also the word for cares right here. And he says this, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear. So they're hearing the gospel. They're receiving it. They're believing it. And as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares. They're choked by their worries and anxieties. They're, they're choked out, and he says, and by riches, which I would definitely tie into those anxieties. Riches, wealth, income, and pleasures, recreation. Those things of life choke them out. They get so busy on, and from my experience, I've gone and I've knocked on doors and I've sat in the houses with Christians who've drifted away and I'm just not attending and not a part of the church anymore. And from my experience, I've never been able to really pull someone like that back. But if I see them going, and I go and plead with them and talk to them as they're going, before they have left the church, is much more successful of bringing them and saying, listen, you need to refocus your life and not allow these other worldly things to pull you away and choke you out. 
And we see what happens here. It says their fruit does not mature. He says, as for the good soil, they are those who are hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and they bear fruit with patience. That's what we want. We don't want all these worldly things to be pulling us away from Christ. So again, Jesus describes cares here. These are the anxieties that often choke out a person's faith. They begin to lose faith in God, and they start worrying about all these other things, and it really is a symptom. When we examine our lives and we look at the things that we are most concerned about, we have anxiety over, uh, those are the things that we need to be thinking about further, turning them over to God and praying about them. That's really where the struggle is in our life and in our faith. And so many believers worry. They worry about life. They care about uh, acquiring income and and having recreation more than on God's mission. And it's something very wrong with that, brethren. If we wake up every day and our thoughts are not first and primarily throughout that day, I'm going to do the mission of God. I'm going to glorify Him. And whatever my occupation, whatever I'm doing, that I'm going to show that Christ is at work in my life. That I'm going to be about His mission of sharing the gospel and talking to others about God and about the Christian faith. If that's not our thinking, we're going to have struggles. And we're going to see very quickly that the things that distract us in this life that really don't matter, that are not going to exist when we die anyways, that are certainly not going to help us on the day of judgment, that those things have just pulled me away. They've pulled me away from the mission, from being a part of what the church is all about. Here is our text this morning. And we've got a few of my observations right there, as you can already see them on the screen. Let's go ahead and read Luke chapter 12, 22 to 31. And as we go through it, you'll be able to see these observations here, and you may see some other things. And I think there's some things that stand out in this. Because when Jesus addresses anxieties, he really gets to the basic things of life. Food and drink and clothing. How many of us in here have really struggled with not having food and drink and clothing? Some of us probably have. When I was a teenager growing up, there were times when our, our cabinets got really thin. I remember us getting down to a can of corn. And that was it. That was all the last meal, the last thing we had to eat. And, but that very thing changed that day. And I thank God for it. But I remember experiencing those when I was 16 and not having much and how it drew me closer to God. But at the same time, I was often worried about what was going to happen. You know, I saw the bills building up and I knew that they weren't being paid, and you know, I was concerned about my family and about my parents. I didn't know how things were going to turn out. And as I read these words right here, I, they really, to me personally, hit home. And I think that as we look at the basic necessities and what God gives us, Christ is focusing on these so that we realize that if I have these, why am I worrying about whether my car is towed and repossessed? Why? What, and I think this is a good question. What is the worst thing that can happen? So I lose my car, or I, or I have debt, or, or things that can happen in our life. And ultimately, none of those things are going to matter in the end. And Jesus makes it very clear. We're going to go a little bit further beyond just verse 31 here in a moment. But look with me to, to make that point a little bit clear. Look with me, Luke chapter 12, let's read it. 22 to 31, Jesus says this, he says to his disciples, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Do not be anxious about your life. 
what you will eat, nor about your body what you will put on. For your life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. What does that mean? And he says this, verse 24, Consider the ravens. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Oh, how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, my being anxious, can add a single hour to, this, to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive and in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little, little faith? And this one he says, and do not seek what you are to eat or what you are to drink, nor be worried. For all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Those basic things of life, seek His kingdom. Seek God's will. Seek His mission. Be a part of what He has given us as believers. And trust in Him, and He'll give you what you need. And I think very clearly, as we, these are my observations. You might have some others. But again, Christ is saying, do not be anxious. I'm going to expand on that in a minute, because some people today, if I say that as a preacher, I've had a lot of people say that to me. How can you tell me not to be anxious? Don't you know I'm on medication for this? Think about that. A great physician tells everybody, do not be anxious about life. And I think that's very fundamental to biblical and effective Christian counseling. Secondly, anxiety cannot add to your life. We all know that. The more I'm anxious, we actually see that stress can oftentimes shorten your life. God cares for His creation. We see that throughout the text. He cares for the birds and even, even that which He's created in the field. And so, of course, God cares for you. All the nations of the world seek after these same things, and it seems strange to us that we're going to act like people who don't believe in God when they spend their whole day about income and recreation, what they're going to do on the weekend, and how they're going to build up an income, what they're going to leave to their children, how they're going to retire. Those are things, yes, we're all, many of us can focus on them, we work toward them in our life, we want to certainly take care of our family. But when we worry and they become the main focus of our life, everything's wrong. Those, those things are, are far second to God and Christ and focusing on the mission that He's given us. And then again, if we would just seek the kingdom of God, God says, I'll give you what you need. I'll give it to you. And so I've heard this before. How can Jesus say, do not be anxious He's not a licensed clinical counselor. How can he say that? Well, he is the great physician. He has the the words on that. And I believe very strongly that a lot of the problems that we go through in our life and the mental struggles we go through are addressed in Scripture. They're addressed biblically. I know there are neurological issues, health issues. That's separate than, than, than mental disorders. 
But when Jesus says, do not be anxious, I don't get to say, well, I am anxious, so I don't have to do that, and I probably need to be on medication for it. Well, Christ says that. And the Apostle Paul says it, and the Scriptures say it. It certainly teaches us something, the value of faith and what the Bible says. Others would say, all the anxieties of my life, and I suffer from depression. I remember one of the counseling classes I took trained us that, that we need to get away from saying, oh, I suffer from depression, and say, I am depressing, and take some accountability when we are worrying all the time. And we're dragging ourselves down. And so as we see this with Christ and we deepen our faith, He says, oh, you of little faith because you don't believe. That anxiety and that stress, we can't just blame it on the things of the world. And when Christ says, do not be anxious, there's a command from Him. So we can do it. I don't believe that He's going to give us a command that we cannot do. I know it's a different struggle for different people and different things that we go through. But it's still the words of Christ and it's meant for everyone. Listen to what Jesus says a little bit further down in Luke chapter 12, 32 to 34. He says, Fear not, little, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So he just said, if you seek the kingdom, all these things will be given to you. And God wants to give you the kingdom. He wants to give you eternal life. He wants you to give you that eternal kingdom. He wants to give you the blessings that it's a part of being a family in the church right now. And he says, so you don't need to be worrying about these things. Do you know what you can do? Because you're seeking him, he's going to give you everything. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. When you see those who are in need around you, give to them. And it's worth going to the extent of selling what you have to do that. And I thank God that we are able as, as Christians to be able to do that. To be able to give to Raintree and to do even more as we, we look forward to that. And I know that others have been concerned about what has gone on in the Bahamas and those have been devastated there. And, and there are ways for the, us to help them as well. And I think that's a good place for our minds to be. It, when we're thinking about the needs of others, we're not going to be oftentimes thinking about our own anxieties and problems all the time. Isn't that true? And so as we think about God and His mission and we're, t we're looking at caring for others, those other anxieties and, and struggles in life become so minimal. He says, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old and with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. That's where our retirement ultimately is. The things that we do are accumulated there and God knows. And I look forward to that. And I think a lot of Christians today, a lot of believers, don't look forward to eternal life. They don't look forward to the resurrection. They're not hopeful for, for it. If you ask them if Christ came back right now, would, would you like that? No, I'm not ready yet. I've got so many plans. I've got so many other things to do. Something's wrong. And so again, Christ says, seek out that kingdom. Keep your treasure in heaven. He says, where thief approaches, I mean, where thief, no thief approaches and no moth destroys. And where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's it. I can examine my heart this morning and say, is my heart right with God? Well, I can see what I'm worrying about. What am I concerned about? It's a simple question. Where is your heart? What are you thinking about throughout the week? If I weren't full-time in ministry and work, I know where my heart and my thinking would be, at least most of the time. I know I do struggle sometimes with anxiety and so forth, but I know this, that my faith is to the point where I'm never going to stop thinking about the world around me and how the gospel needs to be spread and how I need to be set an example and sharing it. 
I hope that we realize that, and, and that's where our heart is. Luke chapter 12, a little bit further down, in fact, it's just the next two verses, a little bit further down, it's going to be verse 40 at the bottom there. He says, stay dressed for action, keep your lamps burning, and be like men who are waiting for their master to come home for the wedding feast, so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. And so in all of this, he says, okay, don't be anxious. Look at what God has done for you. He says, God's going to give you the kingdom, so focus on the kingdom. And then he says this, be ready all the time. Be ready all the time. Nobody in here knows when our last day will be. We never don't know if we're going to be able to lay down in our bed again tonight or that we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. We don't know when the Lord is going to come back, and we need to be ready all the time. And Christ teaches that. When you do your readings and, and you look through Luke 12, you will see that. The warnings from Jesus to not be overly focused about these worlds and to put your priorities on Him because Christ, He's coming back. And to always be ready. Look at verse 40. You also must be ready for the Son of Man is coming in an hour that you do not expect. We see what Jesus is doing here with, with telling us, do not be anxious. He's preparing us. As James tells us, he says, don't be friends with this world. Don't be friends with the evil things that are in this world. But seek after God. And I think this morning as we, we think about that, and the things that we are most concerned about and what we're focusing on, we can see very clearly, am I a friend of this world or am I a friend of God? Do not be anxious. Let your requests be made known to God with thanksgiving. I love this scripture here. I bet there's somebody in here who's this is their favorite scripture here. Luke chapter 4, and I could back up and start with verse 4. It says, rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. In Philippians 4, verses 5 through 7, listen to what Paul says here. When we struggle with anxieties, when we struggle with worry, this is what Paul says. He says, the Lord is at hand. He's near. God is near you. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I'll stop right there and emphasize that you do it with thanksgiving. We know that, and in fact, it's another counseling practice that someone who's anxious and who is down and who is depressing, that we encourage them to write down your blessings, write down the things that you're thankful for that you have. And that encourages you. And so when we pray to God and we're letting our requests be known to Him, and we want the peace that surpasses all understanding... And we, we know that we're going to give that. Every mature Christian knows that in the hard struggles of life, they often forget to pray. But when they do, they know that there is a peace that surpasses all understanding, as Paul says out here, that will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That's true. That's exactly what Paul says. And then if we do this and we pray with thanksgiving, thanking Him for the things that He's given us, we remind ourselves of why we believe and why we trust in God in doing that. We focus again on what and how God has blessed us. So as the Christian's faith in God grows, the disciple will grow. more we grow toward God, the more those anxieties are, are no longer. The more we leave them behind, the more that we cast them on Christ, as Peter tells us to do in 1 Peter chapter 5. And brethren, I hope this morning that you don't allow those things in your life to pull you down. That we see what Christ says today. Don't be anxious, but seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. 
We encourage anybody here this morning that if you've struggled with worries in this life, you can give it all over to Christ. And if you feel like you have been pulled down and maybe that you are, you're not someone who can even who should stay in the church and be faithful to God because of all the sins that you committed. The Bible says that Christ will forgive you if you come to him and you repent and you confess your faith. You could be baptized and rise up into a new life. The promise of the eternal kingdom is right here in Jesus' words. In John 3 and verse 5, Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. And if you haven't been baptized into Christ, this morning we encourage you to do that. Be born of the water and the Spirit and then you'll be able to enter the kingdom of God. Not all the things in this world, they don't matter that much anymore when you're focused on His will. If you have struggles and anxieties and you need others to be praying with you, we want to do that. We want to encourage you. And you can come forward and sit on this front pew and let us pray with you. We encourage you to come right now while we stand and while we sing.